Welcome to Porsche Club Insider, episode 17. We are not at our normal location. We are actually on site at the 66 Porsche Parade in the Poconos at the Kalahari Resort. Welcome, everyone. It's been a lot of fun so far. We've been here since uh, Thursday. At least I've been here. You got here Thursday? Thursday yep. Yeah, I've lost track of time and uh, everything else. I told somebody... Uh, they were wondering where the goodie, the, uh, the girl badges are coming for a parade, and I said, uh, it'll be here on Tuesday. And he goes, today, Tuesday? And I'm like, oh, my God, it is Tuesday. Yes, I said, it's coming today. Well, this is uh, one of the largest Porsche parades ever. We have about 1,100 families here, close to 3,000 people, and it sure does feel like it. Like This is a big location, uh, a family-oriented uh, with water park and huge convention center has all the amenities that you would want for your crown jewel event and uh it's it's been a lot of fun we're only halfway through it while we're recording this we'll have to kind of report back later on on the second half of porsche parade but a lot has gone on between thursday when we arrived to today you guys want where do you guys want to start you start at concord prep or yeah let's start on uh okay so a lot of people got here uh thursday friday morning uh they uh nine o'clock i think they opened the doors to the convention center for people who were going to bring their cars in for concourse prep and uh there was only 60 spots i think indoors but if you got indoors this meant uh, obviously no rain air conditioning a nice carpet even though you had to lay tarp down uh, closer to bathrooms and food uh, so it was a, a prime spot and it filled up by um Saturday morning. Yep, was, yep. There was a good line out, out front on Friday. It didn't f totally fill up on Friday, but by Saturday early morning, it was full. And it's actually quite luxurious to be able to do, uh, you know, a prep session on your car indoors. That's not the norm. This is this just happens to be the case that we have enough space at the Kalahari to do so. And those of them, those are the people that lined up and got in. Man, that they were rewarded nicely for 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 being there early and getting to prepare their car. Uh, and actually, it's it's great for spectators, too, because uh, everyone that's staying at the Kalahari and walking through the convention center, we get to watch the, you know watch and go through the Concord Prep area and see all of the different methods and the, the soaps and detailing stuff that they use. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting as you know, the cars came uh, filling up and 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 it wasn't limited to one class. They were letting first come first serve. So you brought your car in and got to uh, um, you know, stake your spot and uh, Damon actually Damon and I filmed a video which is uh, going to be out uh, when this podcast comes out yeah right. actually it's going out tonight uh, the, the day we're filming the podcast so it'll be out Tuesday night so perhaps you've already watched it but if not go to our YouTube channel and if you're like me and have spent nearly a decade not knowing the different classes of concours uh, even though you're with PCA watch it and you'll know yeah, because you can say Concord means a lot of things. There's different classes, different levels of uh, detailing your car. And someone that is a professional detailer, you would think, might do well at a Concord, but that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, there was actually, uh, and this is rare, in Concord Prep, there were three cars that were being worked on by a professional detailing team. Not a, a I team? wouldn't uh, Yeah, not a Concord, like a... Like Road Scholars, you would see them come in. Uh, this was a place, uh, looked like a group of guys, uh, folks who would uh, show up and detail your car in your driveway or at your like office. Like a mobile detailer. Yeah. And, but they were inside the uh, Concord prep with their uh, buffers and whatnot. So uh, I, I didn't have a chance to look at the score sh sheets or the uh, points to see where they finished. But that was unusual to see the teams because normally it's um, husband and wife or just the entrant uh, mm -hmm. working on the car. So. That was uh, something special. But with the indoor prep, um, unlike uh, French Lick the year before, which was in a parking garage, the lighting is excellent. And, and French Lick, it was a dim light because when they make these parking garages, they're not making them to detail cars. Yeah. As good as the lighting was, though, how many people did you see with, like, the miners' lights, you know, <laughs> around their heads? <laughs> they are serious. They yeah. are absolutely you serious. Think? Yeah, and you know, it's uh, Conquer might not be your thing, uh, but you, you know, I always encourage people to try it. Try it. 
once um, because you learn a lot about how to best keep your car clean. You'll learn from people, watching other people do things to their car. But if you come to like a parade or you prepare your for car um, and, and it gets judged, they actually give you pointers as to where you didn't do well. And if you correct those items and go back to your local region and do the concourse circuit there, you'll probably do pretty well. Oh, it was really cool this morning um, was the tour departures. So you saw these same cars that were in Concord prep for three days being Q-tipped. They're yeah. out there uh, running over the, uh, the Pennsylvania country road. So it's, um, you know, people may say, oh, the, you know, it's better to drive your car than to park it on the lawn oh, these or something. people drive them. They're doing everything. Oh, they're, yeah. they were enjoying having a day of enjoyment of Concord, but the next day they're, uh, they're driving them on the tours. So that's Concord Prep uh, pretty much Friday into Saturday and Sunday. And the kickoff of Parade goes into the Pirelli Welcome Party. And before the Welcome Party officially started, we had a function with Porsche Cars North America with the number of reveals. You might want to talk about that. Wow. It's, uh, <laughs> well, you are at the front, so maybe you should talk. Because I, I, I got there like uh, two minutes late, and yeah. uh, by then it was already like, 20 people deep. So, I, you know, someone commented uh, um, on the on the uh, comment section on the podcast about how it's funny how we have a lot of these little secrets about what's going on. Yes, we're privy to this because we work, or at least I am privy to it because I work closely with Porsche, but they keep it a secret so that it's fun. It's exciting that Porsche as a manufacturer is bringing unique things to a PCA event for PCA members to enjoy. And at the welcome party, typically there's some sort of reveal. And not only did we have a reveal at this year's uh, welcome party, we had pretty much three re reveals. We had we had the reveal for many have not seen our classic Club Coupe because the last time that was revealed, that was at the Amelia Island um, Works Reunion. And that car was brought here. Two cars were undercover. One of the cars was a world reveal where no one anywhere knew about it. And then the second car was a U.S. reveal, a car that hadn't been seen in the U.S. And so let's talk about the U.S. reveal one first. Parked next to our classic Club Coupe, which is uh, the color I believe we call it, was it sport gray? Sport, sport classic gray, sport, if I remember correctly. Sport classic gray metallic. Sport, metallic. Yes. So that so the reason why the original sport classic was not sport gray metallic. Because it wasn't metallic. Because it wasn't metallic. Yeah. But when we chose to do our car, we chose the new color because they gave us a heads up that there would soon after the reveal of our car that the sport classic the 992 Sport Classic would be coming out in a new hue of what the original Sport Classic was. So the, so the R, R996 build is sort of like, there's a lot of tie-ins with the original Sport Classic and tie-ins with the new. So they parked next to our Sport Classic, the 992 Sport Classic with the double bubble roof and the ducktail and pulled the, pulled the cover off of that. And that was amazing. That's a beautiful car. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 we talked about this last time. I drove it. I can't talk about the, the way it drove because it's still under embargo. But I can tell you that the metallic is really subtle in both cars, mm -hmm. in the, the classic Club Coupe and in that car. But when you see it out in, in uh, direct sunlight, it is really spectacular. Yeah, so hopefully that now that they're both out, we'll see them at future PCA events side by side. And hopefully we'll see a 997 Sport Classic. And could you imagine us having all three of them together? That would be an amazing shot. And hopefully we can make that happen sometime soon. Uh, so we had Grant Larson and we had Boris Appenbrink from Exclusive Manufacturer. Uh, they presented both cars. The next car, the world reveal, was the GTS America. And no one has ever seen that car. We got to see it for the first time here at Porsche Parade. I mean, the crowd around it. I don't know if, Damon, you have a photo you can share with folks. But yep. we had a full room, and people were pretty amazed by this beautiful, I believe it was Azure Blue 356. Obviously a car that uh, takes a lot of heritage cues from a 356. What, what are some details on that car? Yeah, so um, the full name is uh, quite a mouthful. Um, it's the 2023 Porsche 911 Carrera GTS Cabriolet America. 
Um, and yes, it's that special blue, Azure Blue 356. Uh, it's based off the Carrera GTS, uh, only available in rear-wheel drive and with a seven-speed manual transmission. And um, a few other things, uh, it's a, I, I'd probably say the exterior and interior packages that are special to this car would make it so unique. Um, we'll throw up a picture of the, uh, the wheels, which in my opinion are some of the craziest looking wheels ever. Not only is the design of uh, uh, the wheel themselves the, uh, the wheel themselves awesome, but they have three different paint surfaces on here. I believe it's white on the inner parts of the spokes, um, silver on the face of the spokes and the I flat think it's areas. Machined, actually. Machined. machined yeah. Okay, and then a, a guard's red uh, yeah, pinstripe it's, on the it's around. It's very striking. It's, yeah. uh, wow. I saw it from far away because I couldn't get close to it, yeah. and then I went to look at it the next day and. Uh, it looks better, even better in person. Can you imagine how you'd feel if you curbed one of those? I'd feel about what ten thousand dollars uh, poorer, or yeah. something, maybe more. You know, it's like honestly, that's the case for any new Porsche wheel. Yeah, yeah, seriously, with that, even more so. I mean, you know, who wants to be the journalist who gets a press car and curbs one of those? I'm a kid who's a Porsche for using five lug. Yeah, not mm -hmm. the center lock, which uh, which would I, be I would my preference. Five, yeah. And the inspiration uh, we shouldn't forget is the uh, 1952 356 America Roadster, as well as the, um, what, 40-something years later, I believe, the 964 America Roadster, which was also a wide-body rear-wheel drive special edition. Yeah, that was, that uh, but the original America Roadster, um, we've had it parades, and uh, the members of the Porsche family owned that car. Uh, wasn't it the car, the original America Roadster was made because Max Hoffman was once again trying to compete yeah, with I the English cars. Yeah, I think it was kind cars. of a pre-speedster thing. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that kind of, you know, if you're a 356 expert, it exists kind of in the murky world of like a Continental, you know, an America Rose. So things that you just don't see very often. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it was an early Did match. they have suicide doors? I don't think so. I don't think the America Roadster did. No? Who, does anyone know who built the body? You should know that. Yeah, we should like, know that. Like Ben or someone? <laughs> I just remember our, uh, our own uh, John Paderak, the famous John Paderak. Uh, he restored one, showed it for, and owned it for quite a few years, and that actually ended up being purchased by Wolfgang Porsche. Oh, wow. The uh, youngest son of Ferry Porsche. It's his collection. It's one of his favorite cars, and it's been on videos as well. So that's a great um, nod to, uh, to that car. Uh, so I heard some insider information. And uh, this was a rumor going around mm. that this may be the last manual GTS. Uh, really? Available. So this is. Uh, so uh, they have. Uh, it's not official. Just rumors. But. Uh, so you're thinking last. Last manual GTS. Last yeah. manual GTS. Did you hear? Is it because people aren't buying manual GTSs? No, I think because, you know, everyone's saying this is the last hurrah of the uh, internal combustion, combustion engine. Yeah. And they're coming out of all these models, uh, but uh, I think they're going to be. You're going to see it. You know, starting to pare down some of the uh, the options and and features. And um, uh, yeah, I, I was a little bit shocked. It was shocking to hear that that uh, this the last. You hear the word last, and you start thinking. You know, at what point? Oh, yeah. uh, it's almost um, well. Obviously, the hybrid's coming out. Yeah, you know, they haven't officially announced it, but I think we know that's. Yeah, that's we've seen some nervigering shots with the uh, yeah, hybrid indication on the car. But, yeah, yeah, I'm always surprised when any OEM sticks their neck out and says anything's going to be the last of anything, given the way that the GM got burned in the mid-'70s with the last convertibles, the last Eldorado <laughs> convertibles in 76. Well, you know, not not official, just rumors that, yeah. uh, that we're, we're hearing here. I'm kind of sad, actually. Well, they, they don't offer the base 911 with a manual, only the Carrera S, unless you, I guess, now step up to a GT3. So, so, so two uh, models. Uh, I'll change subject here for a second. Yeah. Going back to Sport Classic, I don't know if you looked how close you looked at this model here, um, but there was this sticker, and we'll put it up there for you. Uh, you see the sticker on the car, on the window? No, that's no. great. It's so like it's a little says, ducktail, it's a right? ducktail. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I, so asked, cool. I asked the rep, uh, what what that meant and he said um boris Afferding, uh and i saw him doing this at amelia island this year it works he was going around taking photos of every single car that had a decal on it 
mm. no matter what. He was mm -hmm. just taking pictures. Interesting. And he said he found this uh, a sticker at one of the vendors at yeah. Amelia Island, mm. and he stuck it on the car, um, uh, and this turned out to be the car that uh, came to the U.S. Oh, wow. Ah, and so, uh, Can you hold that up again? It's, it's, it's cool. a duck. Yeah. It says, uh, you know, it's a, obviously the duck tail. Yeah. So um, he, then he points to another sticker, which I didn't uh, see. And this is the one that him, uh, Grant Larson designed. Show. Yeah, which I think, uh, you know, he told me what it meant, and I should have uh, written it down. Some <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> here I can't read that. I'll have to ask him. We'll find out. We'll have to put it on there. But that's the official uh, sticker. So if, he, if but, Boris was taking a picture of all the decals, do you think he was actually taking a picture of my King of the Hill decal on the Camry? <laughs> really? That's what, that's what I'm wondering right now. <laughs> I'm sure he did. No, but he did say something when we were together at Amelia, and we were showing him, I think it was Unstock or mm -hmm. Renbo or something like that, and he goes, you know, you guys always have amazing stickers and decals, and, you know, we really would love your help in that and I was kind of shocked because I think we always look at the stuff that he does right. and and go oh man if we could who's, somehow have yeah so I don't know it's uh kind of kind of interesting who's the biggest decal nut at the table is it Vu? not me uh, I, I, yes it's me that's what do you think it's me it's him he's the one that's got I've got like two decals on my car you've got like 15 I mean it'd be like saying that my is this five diecast cars on my. Is this my, an intervention that I don't know about? On my desk, roughly equals your diecast collection. No, but that ducktail, the the one that the Boris found, the the vendor in Amelia, that thing is. I think that's super cool. Yeah, it is. It's funny that you said I have a lot of stickers. I was when you showed that, I'm like, I want to rock that sticker, but then I feel like a poser because I don't have a ducktail, and then it led into should I put a ducktail on my 996? <laughs> yeah. So that was a. That was my thought process when I saw that sticker. That would be a first. Somebody <laughs> making a major change the bodywork in their car just to put a decal on it. I also heard a rumor that they're not going to sell the ducktail spoiler on the 996. You know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised that's the case. Uh, just knowing the details of what it took to have the ducktail on our 996 and the change of the transition plate between the ducktail yeah. and the bottom of the windshield and with what's going on in the world with production and resources and stuff like that. Maybe down the road, but not anytime soon. Yeah. So just like you uh, articulated, it was just, uh, it's going to be cost prohibitive yeah. to replicate uh, what they did for the one, one on one car. Um, so, yeah, the uh, worldwide uh, premiere of that um, uh, GTS America, I was telling people it's, it's really rare for Porsche to do a worldwide premiere in the States. And usually mm -hmm. it's the LA Auto Show or uh, Detroit or New York. And for them to do it uh, at the Porsche Parade, I cannot remember the last time uh, they did a worldwide premiere of a uh, car. Um, so I well, was this one's tickled. for the American market only, um, and the press release didn't have the the, the number. It just U.S. Said and it's Canada, very, right? Yeah, I believe so. Right, US so hundred. I heard hundred fifteen. I think it That's is. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it was also. I'll tell you. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was funny listening to the Porsche guys talking about how. Uh, they go for the same cycle where they develop a, they come up with the idea of a, a special model and uh, and the Porsche executives, you know, him and Hall and say, Are, you really think we can sell that many cars? You really think someone's gonna buy it with that kind of color? Do you really think this, that, and the other? And they doubt, they doubt, they doubt, they finally approve it. Then it becomes a sales success, it sells out, and then they're congratulating themselves on making such a great decision. And then uh, he goes, uh, a month later, we come up with another idea, and we do the same thing over again. They question our <laughs> judgment and whether or not uh, it's a good idea to come out with this car. So, yeah, obviously, lately, anything to come out with is a um, more people are pissed off because they can't get an allocation. So those are just the three cars that were, were on the booth. There were two other cars that, are on, that were on the booth that we should talk about. And there was, there was a car outside of um, the welcome party that we should talk about. Let's, uh, if I'm looking at, I was at the front, uh, they actually had security keeping people off the carpets while they were doing the presentation so that everybody could see the car. But at the far right was also the uh, Porsche design portion of the booth and they had their, I think it's their 50 year 
anniversary Targa. That was a beautiful car. I don't know if you guys got to see that. And then at the very far left of the exhibit was Lewis Hauser's 356 that they brought in. Man, do you know a little bit about that car? That's the one that the uh, owner went to the first Porsche parade. First Porsche parade. Mm -hmm. And that car was also at uh, the 60th. Uh, anniversary museum at French Lick, Indiana, and uh, who was I think it was was it Hans Peter Porsche or, or, or that sign? It would have been Wolfgang. Dr. Wolfgang. I think Dr. Wolfgang signed the, the engine lid or something on that car. So it was pretty cool to see just such a wide range, and you could see the you know the heritage and the carryovers and you know all all sorts of patterns and fabrics like it's you know, full, full circle on a lot of things, but yet it's new technology and there's still so much excitement around the cars that they build. We talked about hybrid technology. Of course, there's also um, uh, electrification with, uh, we have a number of Tycons here on site. Um, there was just so much to look at. And the car that I mentioned that was out in the, um, the atrium area was a car that everybody wants. And then we just happened to have one. Porsche brought one for us and that was the GT4. RS Vysok edition, I believe. Yep. And what's neat is when you get here early for a parade, and this would have been on the Friday, uh, you know, there was four uh, tractor trailers, reliable, and uh, they were unloading the cars. And they unloaded them right in the parking lot, and people were walking by the Classic Club Coupe, didn't realize what it was. They walked past the GT4 RS, didn't realize that was a GT4 RS. And, uh, you know, it was funny when they finally realized uh, you know, oh my God, that's, that's a <laughs> yeah. I've never seen one of those in person because I guess they're expecting to see it behind uh, some rope or something, and instead it was just sitting there all day by itself. So the funny thing like, is, we just wrapped up the PCA member-only raffle, where the first grand prize is a GT4 RS. Uh, subsequent uh, grand prizes are Cayman S's, but people are wondering whether or not the grand prize raffle winner is here at parade. And that's why that car is here. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I think this is still the European version. Yes, it is. They, it uh, is. They have. So, um, before I forget, Porsche uh, is giving away this really cool, uh, all the entrants, or all you had to do is give them your uh, email and your name. Um, and have you, have you gotten this piece yet? I saw it. it the, the red boxes yeah. with the uh, collectible Porsche um, little shiny box like I mean, a attache case or not at the shake it was so little, pretty i i uh, some of the the, the box ladies, itself the ladies were like i'm gonna use that as a little purse <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was very good looking so that uh it's the free stuff you get for registering for parade is pretty impressive and uh so the other talking about 356s um you got one piece of the puzzle delivered to you oh yes 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 so and we'll put some pictures We've talked how it arrived. We've talked it. about the uh, the sixteen hundred S motor that I've had for well over a decade, sitting outside of my office. And uh, uh, past tech chair Steve Hoffman uh, volunteered to assist me to put put it sort of back on the road. And uh, together with uh, folks from Ellen Engineering, I got some parts. And uh, it's now from a sixteen hundred S. It's now a seventeen twenty. Put back together. And break-in oils in it. Steve ran it for about 10 seconds, and he brought it up in his Cayenne. So I got to see, and it is beautiful. It is gorgeous, and I can't wait to find a home for it. Have you seen it uh, today? Uh, so I wheeled it over, and so the whole reason why we're trying to get this thing together for parade is so that we could have a sort of interactive session. And, and for those that haven't seen a 356 motor taken apart. Uh, Steve is taking some of it apart, things that don't need critical measurements, and uh, that's what it looks so, like now. So we'll put some pictures up. So oh. yeah, the engine was complete. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to uh, take it that far apart. I've been taking pictures today of uh, he's taking it down. He's just taking the valve covers off and all uh -huh. the uh, alternator and fan and whatnot off. So it's uh, it's pretty stripped down. Yeah, and um, you know he's been answering questions from people as they're coming along. And I, I joke with them. I said we should challenge the Porsche folks to do the same with one of their engines. Right. Because Have a race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Steve, and uh, he said, uh, I believe he said, with the, the motor totally apart, including the case, um, he's experienced enough to, to build one of those in about 12 hours. Not including, you know, sending it out, things out to get machined, right. but just total build time, assembly I mean, time. 
12 yeah, hours. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an, <laughs> he's an expert. You know, he knows where things should go. Uh, but it's still pretty intimidating yeah. for someone yeah. like Steve to bring a motor that you just freshly yeah. rebuilt, especially in the environment of where there will be yeah. 356 experts the 356 registry is here with us and uh the skirmants are with us and you know they know the ins and outs of these motors and they of course naturally gravitate towards it and my engine of you know i i got it the way i got it like i didn't i didn't check its authenticity i don't know if all the bolts are right and a lot a lot of things that that steve you know he cleaned a lot of the stuff but he put everything pretty much that was on there back on so i'm i'm learning that you know some of these rods are not the right thickness it should be an eight mil or nine mil versus an eight mil and uh there's this there's this shroud on the it's not the um alternator but the generator there's a, some sort of shroud that's on there that apparently is like unobtainium and they're like how why are you giving that to this motor that's not like a Concord winning motor and and uh, Steve's like well it, it came with it so I'm not gonna take it off and here I am I have this this motor that has you know little things that because it's a early 1960 motor and it's never really uh, lived uh, anything else other than sitting next to a dryer since 1968 now it's gonna roar back to life and um, now I just got to find something to put it in. Yeah, we should so. we should say it wasn't sitting next to your dryer since 1968. No, 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 no. So I, <laughs> I, yeah, no. I I found a, an ad on Craigslist. I think we've talked about this before, and yeah. and I went to go pick up the motor, and the the young lady that was um, clearing out her parents' estate, she remembered this motor being next to the dryer as a kid, never moved, and it sat there <laughs> until the day that I picked it up. So that was actually delivered in Steve's Cayenne. Mm -hmm. Drove it from Florida. And he brought an engine stand for us to yep. put it on. But it was funny in his luggage space with pieces of wood propping it up so the push rod tubes wouldn't get crushed. I can't, he, I uh, can't thank him enough. Up. I can't thank him enough. I'm so excited. And he has a video of the 10 second run, but it still needs to be properly broken in. And I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning a lot about this very quickly in hopes that uh, it'll find a home. So for those who've never been to Parade, uh, hospitality is a very big room. It's like half a ballroom. And we have all our vendors there, uh, sponsors, and there's places, there's snacks and drinks and, you know, round tables for people just to sit down and uh, take a rest. And this is the kind of stuff you see in there is uh, an engine being rebuilt, uh, Porsche display. There's a race car in there. Um, Mike Levitas brought uh, one of his race cars. Kids are climbing in and out of it. Uh, there's uh, Kelly Telfer with his paintings. He actually brought his uh, pink pig that was, I don't know, if, do you guys know the Hollywood tie-in to the pink pig that yeah, he brought? Yeah, the uh, Porky's. Porky's, you have to remember, Damon's too young to remember this yeah, movie. Porky's from the 80s was a, I guess, college or high school, it was, uh, just a frat kind of movie, right? And shenanigans, and there's this big uh, pig. So he actually bought the the actual prop from that movie and painted the pink pig livery. And it's probably, you know, everybody loves it. Everybody's signing it. Everybody's taking photos with it. It's pretty cool. The things that you'll see at Porsche Parade. Yep. So, uh, so uh, the Concours, um everyone thought this was planned, and it wasn't. It had rained all day on Saturday. Uh, which made the golf course where we we're going to have to go uh, concord unusable. Mm -hmm. uh, Monday the day the concord, it was beautiful outdoors, but once again we couldn't go to the um, golf course because the ground was so saturated. So we moved it to the parking lot next to the convention center, which actually people were raving about. I think Plan it, B uh, is going to become Plan A. Yeah, people. It was <laughs> it was right there at the hotel. Uh, you were only within short walking distance to go back inside the hotel, and you could. Uh, you know, have lunch, use the restrooms, take a break inside, go to hospitality, and come right back out to the show again. Uh, so, and J Damon, you got some great um, drone shots. Yeah, which you yeah, can no. see in the Concord video. And congratulations yeah. on your first like. Is it, no, this is your second official yep. drone footage. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let, let me just set the stage because let me tell you about what Plan A was. And and every venue that we go to is a little bit different. There's a little, you know, some have golf courses or a place where we'll have 
the Concord on site um, and, and other others we have to drive to to the Concord venue. And in this case, we were originally planning to drive to a golf course not too far um, down the street. But it, it's still if you were to go to a gone to the Concord as plan A, you have gotten you have had to have gotten on a bus, ride down to the Concord, enjoy mm -hmm. the time there, get back on a bus and come back that's kind of normal and it would we it would have been fine if we had done that and if we had good weather but as you said plan b you know you open your window of your hotel you see the concord happening you can go down enjoy it you could come back and take a break there was barbecue going music was going and i think it worked because of the weather um mm -hmm. because i i don't know that plan b would have worked as well if we were on that hot uh, pavement with all the cars and it was 95 degrees out like I think that would have been kind of tough but we had like a perfect day yeah. so um, you know with temperature in mind plan B is uh, pretty attractive and uh, like you said everybody was raving about the Concorde because they could take a lap take a break come in to the convention center go back out now not all the cars were on the uh, parking lot where the majority of the Concord was because we kept the cars that were in Concord prep. They stayed right where they were at. I thought they should have been moved outside. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Like that, it, it, the people that had their cars in there probably wanted them to stay in there and probably was most comfortable in there. But I would agree with you. I would say that if those cars had moved out that morning so that we could have had the complete family together, so to speak, on the parking lot ground, I think that would have been better. So um, what was everyone's favorite car? SERS, for sure. The, the uh, uh, which one? The, the, the real one, the Rothmans Rothman Was there okay. another one? Well, there was that orange one that was like a tribute Oh, it was no, indoors. Sure. It, it, said on, it said on the license plate, SCRS. Oh, I didn't notice yeah. the license plate. All I know is the SCRS is one of my favorite Porsches from that era. And then uh, he turned on the car for the juniors. Yeah, I kept, yes. kept and on, almost blew my eardrums out. So. <laughs> it kept on doing uh, turning an engine on. Uh, like it felt like every other hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a big. It was very loud. And it's a very rare car. Yeah. It was. Um, I feel like that's one of the loudest um, factory Porsches ever produced. I feel like I've heard that somewhere. I don't know if. Hmm. I, I think it was loud that. because if when you were doing the rallies, yeah, uh, any uh, animal or anything would probably run uh, yeah, where it's likely is... to heard it coming. Yeah. So that was a real, and and a lot of people thought it was a replica. Wow, it's a real, uh, it's a yeah. very rare car. Rob, what's your favorite? Oh, probably the Viper Green 27RS Touring. And that was all the way up in the corner by yeah. itself. I didn't even see it yeah. until my wife and I were walking around the park I'm lot, embarrassed man. to say I didn't get to see that car. It was yeah. all the way up in the oh, corner, man. kind of behind the blue long roof car that we're not going to talk about. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> I, I, I didn't go there. I totally didn't go there. No, the, uh, it was an interesting, um, very, very low option 2.7 RS Touring. The car uh -huh. actually didn't have sports seats, had you know normal comfort seats, no sunroof, um, uh, sixes and sevens. Uh, not a whole lot of options, but it was Viper green with you know black uh, Carrera stripes and very striking, nicely restored car. So for me, more surprising. This wasn't my favorite car, but was surprising to see because I don't even think it was in the Concorde. You got to see your favorite. You can't. My favorite car? No, but I will tell you what my favorite car is. But did you see that red nine five nine that was just tooling around in the parking lot? Yeah, he wasn't even registered. He wasn't yeah. even registered. No, no. <laughs> Lori mentioned. And why did we let him in? Well, Lori okay. said he goes. You turn away a nine five nine. Lori said she goes. I'm doing what Manny did at Sports Car Together Fest. Yeah. We let at Sports right. Car Together Fest that we saw an interesting Porsche. Yeah. We yanked him in. Totally don't, right. Don't, like, don't, right. don't park far away. Come here and park with, uh, in the main area so we can show you So your that's car not off. my favorite car, but I just thought that was so cool that it, just a 959. Oh, it was bugs on it. It was yeah. amazing. But something was wrong with the uh, suspension because mm. it looked like it was a motorboating. Uh, uh, and, and the guys from Porsche Classic noticed that right away and were, you know, were mentioning that uh, um, Uwe said uh, how important it is to always drive these cars and uh, and how much maintenance and upkeep is on this. And yeah. He noticed it right away, too. He said the leveling system was off. But so, it, was, it was awesome to see a 9.5. Awesome 9. to see. Yeah. Just but 
unexpectedly unexpectedly exactly that's why i bring that one up but my favorite car was probably a very strong unstock car it was a i think it was a gray or chalk 964 yeah with a it green, was a pennsylvania car it was like dolphin gray with dolphin, green seats with the green, green seats gauges, with the Recaros, done by uh, yeah. rs works i think is that yeah. I, I you know I, yeah i got to see it on the and the bumpers were shortened the interior was Immaculate, and I think it had like a three eight or some four liter. Yeah. It was a four liter. Four I saw oh, that's that right. Car. It was a Gamroth. It was a Gamroth engine. Yeah, I saw that, that car to Cars and Coffee in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I that told car the guy, is you gotta amazing. bring that thing to. Uh, to we parade. need to feature that car. Is it's, that a car to feature? Uh, possibly. It is beautiful yeah. and and it's loud. <laughs> it's, it is. It's it is loud. loud. It is. It is. So that's my loud. favorite. My favorite was a car that you're gonna see in Panorama. And uh, I think hopefully we'll have a video done of it once the Panorama article comes. And it was a car that was covered most of the time until the show. And uh, I didn't realize how rare it was until I talked to uh, Pete Partelli, who was mm-hmm. helping. The owner uh, was under the weather and couldn't come on Friday. And so Pete was telling me about this car, and uh, he took the cover off, and it was a 356 Carrera GT. Now, for those who don't know, there was actually a Carrera GT before the Carrera GT. GT that Paul Walker made famous. Yeah, this was uh, the '56 Carrera GT, and the um, and it was designated. They were designated with the words GS or GT, meaning street or race. And sometimes you see the you would see the initial GS backslash GT, and this was essentially what's called a GT GT. So uh, the first one is uh, the body, and then the second one's the engine. So a lot of more street body steel with the race engine. So the race engine Carrera, the four cam engine. Which what do you think a four cam is going for? Four hundred grand now, maybe five hundred. For the engine or the for the engine. The, the engine, engine is four hundred yes. grand. No idea. Yes. I mean, what's the cheapest? Oh you know, the cheapest B coupe uh, Carrera. Now, these four cam engines are like six hundred fifty grand for the car. Very yeah. very uh, expensive. Yeah. They're like wow. what two people who can rebuild those engines? Well, maybe it's more. I'm down. guessing. Yeah. But it's. Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, so the uh, street version of the engine made 160 horsepower to race 190. So this car, and it was also a 59 speedster. Now, for those right. of you who know your Porsche history, last year, right? 58 no, was 58 the last was. year of the Porsche was, speedster. Yeah. 59 was became convertible. a convertible D for mm. one year, mm. which was uh, basically the speedster body with roll-up windows. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, how in the world did you have a 59 speedster? Well, Porsche. Uh, back then wasn't the rich company that they are now and they, they nothing went to waste and they found out they had some extra bodies still as they were phasing out wow. this era of the 56 not the 56 altogether that wouldn't happen until 65 but um, uh, so they built finished up building race cars they were building it for the two big um, dealers that were racing was competition motors on the uh, west coast and um, brumos or brundage motors back mm. then on the east coast and uh, so this car ended up being a lightweight body with a uh, race career engine. And when I say lightweight, he opened the door of the aluminum skin doors and it felt like I was pushing paper. Really? It was that thin. He, he told me, he said, he goes, people will dent, dent the door, they use their hand to shut the door. And so, oh. so I used the hand. He goes, shut it. And, I, and after that, he scared me. Yeah. So I didn't want to even shut it hard. Right. Um, and they weren't, I think they don't, they weren't aluminum welding back then. So they had to use rivets to mount hmm. the doors. So you showed me where the rivets were. It was stuff like they didn't use um, carpeting or even rubber mats because that was all heavier than vinyl. Wow. So they used very thin vinyl and instead of uh, carpeting on it. And it was a, uh, you know, all aluminum. It was a. Uh, it was a very impressive, I think, maybe 16 of these exist. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so um, yeah, like, uh, like so Rob knows we're going to do a story on it. So you'll be able to read about it when that story comes out. But uh, that was one of those cars when people walked by, they thought they were just looking at a regular speedster, mm-hmm. not realizing how special how, it really is. Uh, how rare this was. I mean, yeah, there, but there were a couple of tells when you looked at it that told you immediately that it wasn't a regular speedster. It didn't have the deco strips on the side. The speedster script. Um, the wheels were two-piece lightweight. Yeah, So the, um, the center was steel, mm-hmm. but the outer was aluminum. And that was mm-hmm. how it was from the factory? Yes, and that was very rare. Now we're used to two- and three-piece wheels. That's right. nothing big. But that was pretty high-end. Wow. But they were looking to save everything they could as far as weight. 
Yeah, when Manny and I looked at it for the first time, we're like, well, this is like the great, great granddaddy of outlaw speedsters because yeah. it has that look with the lightweight bumpers, the wheels, the louvered uh, uh, engine cover, uh, all that stuff. It's a really cool looking car. In addition to being super rare and probably you know, priceless, it was really cool to look at. And we get to see that Porsche parade. And, and up and close. I, and I believe that car won uh, honorary judge's choice. Because uh, Boris was complaining because he would like this marble white. I can't remember seeing this car. It was a marble white 85 uh, with a turbo tail. I don't know if it was a turbo look. Mm. With uh, or without a tail? With the tail. With the tail, okay. But uh, it's, it's paint the sample. He said it's a very rare color. But not what uh, not every all the other judges, uh, including uh, Grant Larson, fell yeah. in love with this uh, Carrera GT GT right. car. And... Uh, that one and it was kind of funny because the owner of the uh, speedster didn't know who Grant Larson was <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so sure now he does he, he's like peering over it I guess he didn't recognize the name and finally yeah. somebody whispered he's like uh, this guy designed the Boxster yeah. the Carrera GT and a, yeah, a bunch a of long, other long list of cars Porsches speaking too. of Boris before can we talk about the little party favor that he brought in the box that we got to get a look at oh, oh you weren't there uh, how did um, I miss out on all the good stuff? Uh, the uh, busy working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they gave the uh, whole palette of color to the colorblind guy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I joked as I opened it up. Uh. Uh, it was so. It was the original '62, was it? Right. It was the original '62 uh, color Special. chip. Uh, not brochure, but it, you know, it had a, a little. Uh, oh, like the Pantone matching yeah. system book. But, but it's yeah, the special yeah. colors yeah. only. It was yeah. a special, uh, mm -hmm. not not the uh, regular. It was the, like PTS, if you will, right, back right. then. Which was the inspiration for what Boris brought, which was this book of all the approved PTS colors. But the the one back from '62 was incredibly cool because it had colors in there like signal orange that would show up, you know, six seven years later. Is regular colors, mm. but they were available special order way back in '62. So if you're a color geek, that was pretty fascinating. So he was telling, translating in German, but you know, had the disclaimers back then, saying it's impossible to replicate on print what the exact color will be with paint. So you know, be be aware that uh, it may right. not be an exact match. But uh, yeah, and I looked Very for cool. Club Blau. Yeah, and it was in the uh, you know the new one now. It's and he said, what did he say? That uh, first they didn't want to print it because they thought it's uh, environmentally, environmentally unfriendly to, to print the colors now. And he was like, you, there's, you, can't, you can't see these colors on the screen. Right, right. You have to have some kind of swatch yep. to really compare them. So speaking of unique colors, um, and again, amazing cars that we get to see at Porsche Parade, super rare cars, you got to drive a... Cool color and super rare car and do a one mile review on it. So this was pretty funny. I'll, I'll start this uh, because um, uh, we were waiting for the annual membership meeting to start. Yeah. And I'm standing there, you know, just kind of looking around doing my thing. And uh, this guy walks up and um, says, hey, you know, I've, I've seen your one mile reviews. Um, they're so cool. Do you want to drive our Ruby Stone? 964 RS. Whoa. <laughs> and then Vu walked up and yep, I I will. <laughs> I think Vu was a little bit busy then, so Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, Damon said uh You were so lucky I was busy. Yeah. Damon said, I need your help, we're gonna film this, and I figured he wanted me to do the camera stuff that he was gonna drive, and then he tells me, uh, no, you're driving no. and uh I'm No, going. honestly, I, I would have loved to have driven that car, but as 964 race car pass owner, 964 current owner, and I felt you would probably be the most objective to yeah. drive the RS. So oh, cut, cut, you cut, owe me. Cutting to the chase at the end <laughs> is, uh, yeah, is uh, Damon got to drive it back to the hotel. I did. So he, uh, what? He, yeah. You too? I did. So the owner was very nice. He said, Can I say look. you officially stink? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was the highlight of uh, the week. Definitely the month and possibly the year so far. <laughs> yeah. So David uh, told the owner. Yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was a nice surprise. Okay, so can I ask or will it ruin the one-mile review of how different does it feel that special? Like, is it – did you meet your hero and were you happy to meet the hero? I was amazed at uh, – this car was, was that a doubt to me 
uh, all they cared about was making a race car. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. This, um, oh, man. this was nothing like an RS America, nothing like, obviously, my 964. Not even like my uh, race car. Yeah. Um, I guess with my race car, the way I'd set it up, it was a very forgiving. I could really do anything to it, toss it around. And this thing took, it was hard as heck to get this thing to uh, really? lose control in the race car. But, you know, remember, I, I, I really um, fine-tuned this for my driving. The Corral RS pushing it in corners it was um surprisingly i called it uh, i said this is not a car you're, you're texting and driving with really yeah with both hands what do you think oh. rob you drove uh, in germany mm -hmm. and uh another ruby stone car in germany yeah, yeah no i mean wait a minute i'm the only one at this table that have driven a ruby stone 964 Carrera RS. you are but <laughs> you drove so. a panamera <laughs> <laughs> So, so what did you think of the... Uh... I think we talked about it. I mean, given the driving that I was doing, which was relatively low-speed driving, um, you know, I think the steering felt heavy. It might have been because the suspension geometry in front on a 964 is set up for power steering, um, but it just felt, you know, kind of gratuitously heavy. Um, I loved the way the car revved. Uh, a lightweight flywheel, obviously, so... Um, you know, uh, revs uh, nicely. It's fun to flip the throttle, watch the revs climb so quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, I unfortunately, I drove it right after the, the pair of, of 27RSs, which felt, you know, much lighter, much more lively than the, the 964. I would assume on a track, have you driven one on a track, Manny? I've driven a cup car, and I've seen Yeah, okay. I, I would assume a completely different animal on the, the track. I mean, it's still a lightweight car, too. I think I have terrible memory for weights, but 27... It's 300 pounds lighter than a uh, 964 uh, C2. Uh, yeah, 2750, 2800 pounds sticks in my head, which, you know, by today's standards, still a very lightweight car. But for what I was doing, it was not, you know, the, you know it didn't showcase the best of the car driving it the way I was driving it. It's, uh, uh, what struck with me was the doors. I guess so when Bob Miller's, we did the video with the RS, I got to move it in and out of the garage, and I know the doors weren't, were not aluminum on those cars, uh, but uh, the owner of this car pointed out that uh, it has no door bars. So that made a big difference. Being and a European because model, Because it's right? a yeah, European model. Yeah, European model. So you know, closing the door, you could, it felt like a lightweight door, um, even though it was steel, but the, my car, my 964, it felt much heavier when I, when I shut the door. But, uh, and I don't know if it the way it was set up, but yeah, this was definitely a, uh, I gave it a terrible rating for um, daily driver and for um, road trip. Oh, really? No, my God. Really? Uh, it was it was definitely, I mean, you drove it. Uh, Are you saying that to make me feel better? No, I mean, it, <laughs> it was definitely a no no BS car. This was a, hmm. this was someone, if you don't know how to drive, uh, you're going to wreck this car. Yeah. I, I think what, um, what I'm kind of feeling here after, since we all have driven it at least a little bit, and I, I drove it pretty slow and very easy, but um, I, I think this is a very divisive car and different people who drive Aquera RS and 964 will probably think very different things. Mm. Um, you know, uh, since I'm not doing the reveal, I'll just give it a couple things I thought. The steering was lighter, I think, than the RS America, but I'm not, I, I still liked your power steering, Manny, I have to say, and I did like the lightweight flywheel in, in the uh, Carrera RS, but in the, uh, a 964, I think I still prefer having the the regular flywheel because it really affects pulling away it's tough to pull, pull away, away. It, i noticed that too it, it really, is really does. tough to get started in first yeah, gear exactly really. unlike you know, like my cayman yeah my cayman it, it doesn't feel any different from stock but in the 964 rs that flywheel makes a huge different uh, difference right. in drivability at least two journalists stall the car getting going <laughs> yeah, i almost did I was on. so and it's it's easy <laughs> yeah. to do but yeah i i noticed that too yeah. what seats did the car Oh, some crazy 1990s like, yeah, style. Okay, SPG, you know, type uh, typical um, um, fixed-back yeah, one piece. Were the inserts yeah. still like contrasting leather, yes. some of which yeah. make yep. up the ruby stone yep. color of the car? Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and the owner said uh, you may slide around a little bit because unlike uh, the race seats, which were like the Recaro fabric. Yeah, the inserts uh, are leather. Yeah, I didn't slide around, uh, but... Um, 
Yeah, if I were to own that car, I would probably get the uh, valves re, the shocking revalve to make it more livable on the street. Yeah. Um, See, I thought I thought the uh, the coilovers or the the shock valving was fine. I, I thought it was a little more comfortable than my Cayman, to be honest. Uh, um, well, you've got I don't know, it's <laughs> coilovers in your Cayman. They're yeah. probably set for like five clicks or something. Yeah, they're they're pretty stiff. Yeah, um, I think they're stiff. But it, it was pretty cool right? driving a car that uh, yeah. Motorsport said, "Hey, we got to make X amount of cars and make mm -hmm. a mod modulation," and. Uh, yeah, yep. you're buying a race car with it. Yeah. It's an experience. I loved it. It was an experience. The seats. We hadn't talked about those earlier, mm -hmm. but it's really bizarre because the bolstering is really aggressive, mm -hmm. but the the centers are leather and they're super slippery. So I mean, there's not a whole lot of room yeah. to slip and slide around because the bolstering. But you know, they don't hold you in place the way. So the other end of that, we're going to do a review on a uh, Concorde Seven or an eight time Concorde winning Panamera. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. week, so that'll be. It's a, probably. Probably the best first-generation Panamera yeah. in North America, <laughs> knowing the, the the people who own it. So, so you guys got to drive yeah. the RS, yep. and you're going to give me the Panamera. So now that I'm feeling completely <laughs> down, I wanted to address... Uh, Did he mention it was probably the nicest first-gen Panamera <laughs> on yeah. the planet? I yeah. mean, but if you drive it, the owner is so particular about this car because it is a Concorde winning, beautiful yeah. car, no blue jeans. Yeah, because he has, he has white leather, right? Or light yeah, colored leather? Linen, I believe. Whatever yeah. they call the, the so lighter the, uh, color. So the dye from the blue jeans stained the mm. uh, leather. He yeah. found out the hard way. Mm. And the, uh, you have to wear gloves because he doesn't allow <laughs> the <laughs> oil from your hands. Yep. You guys yeah. aren't making me feel any better, so I'm going to go into this next <laughs> you, topic. You're not making it up. <laughs> this next <No>. topic. <laughs> He's very particular oh. about the. You see him prep this car. It's a phenomenally. I know uh, the car, car, and it's an amazing car. Uh, ever it since is. I've known him, he has prepared this car for parades. Very serious. Does mm -hmm. it, is it the one with the personalized plate OCD? It's, it's sh it should it's, be. Uh, yeah, it should be. It should be. Is it yachting blue? Is that what it is? Uh, it's yachting blue yeah. with some BBS style mesh wheels. Yeah. All right, so we're almost at the top of the hour. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure uh, on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star. We'd really appreciate that. We still got a whole lot to do here at Porsche Parade. We've got the autocross coming on Thursday. Will I be able to beat Damon? That's the question Probably we've been <laughs> that's, the, that's the question we've been asking for a while. We may find out the truth, or you know, I might have a number of excuses to share of why. Should I start I putting my foot in my mouth? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, so if you own a Porsche, just grab your VIN for forty-six dollars. Go to PCA.org, become a member. You won't regret it. There's so many fun things to do at the local level, at the national level. If you're looking at Porsches and you don't currently own a Porsche, we have a program for you as well. It's called test drive and we will find you the right car get you in the right seat so that you can come out and have a lot of fun with us fellas anything else we want to share with folks uh, keep on watching the YouTube channel we're doing tech tactics live uh, we're gonna try to do four episodes here at parade on Friday and then release them uh, uh, one per week so uh, it, obviously people that can't make it to parade you get a little flavor of it and uh, we've recorded some other podcasts that we'll do uh, later on here at parade so also, one more thing, um, you know, uh, Paul Greger, who, if you've been around the club and national events over the years, um, requested that uh, we share that PorscheClubNews.com has an area where you can submit your story as a Porsche Club member uh, celebrating their 70 years of Porsche Clubs. So head to PorscheClubNews.com, submit your Porsche story. It doesn't matter how impressive or not that it is. They just want to hear from you and um, share your experience. You can tell them how Damon cheated and won. What? <laughs> <laughs> there you have it from the 66. Hey, no, I'm in modified now, so because no interior. I'm not cheating anymore. From the 66 Porsche Parade, we're signing out. See you next time.